please grab a seat, get comfortable this morning. Uh, if you're joining us online today, I know you are doing so because you couldn't be here in person. So wherever you are in the world, we're so glad that you've tuned in uh, to Destiny Church here uh, in Atherton, the amazing Atherton Tableland, center of the universe. You can go anywhere from here. Uh, maybe you're driving your car or you're at home at your work, you listen to the radio broadcast. We're really glad that you've tuned in today and hope and pray that God will really speak to you and help you. Here at Destiny, we are saved uh, by the unconditional love of Jesus Christ. We are motivated by the, by the power, the goodness, and the wonder of God, and we're filled with Holy Spirit to serve our generation. And some of you agree with that said. Well, if you're joining us today for the first time in a while, we're in the middle of a series on the topic of vision. And uh, so just for those that are catching up today, I want to take a moment uh, last Sunday, I was rebuked after the service because I preached too short. Like, when does a preacher ever get accused of that? And so um, when kids' church needs a little more time than what I gave them, so today, Sharon won't let me leave the stage, so she'll be saying more, more, because she knows what's happening in kids' church today. So, so if, if, you, if you see that, or if you ever see my wife stand up and walk out... Uh, I'll quickly follow her. Um, you doing good? It's good to be happy in church. Hey, there's plenty of places, other places to be sad, but here we can just share our burdens with God and also just draw in the strength of His presence and His, and His grace upon our life. We started uh, this series talking about this scripture in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Each of us have received a gift from God, a unique ability that God has given to us. He gave it to us graciously, and we are to use that gift to serve other people. We should be diligent and wise stewards of the multifaceted grace of God. We don't have gifts all alike. Every one of us are different. We've got different temperaments. We've got different personalities. We've got different life experiences. Some of us are extroverts. Some of us are introverts. Some of us are centroverts. Centroverts are people who roam into that territory and roam into that territory, just kind of adaptable. That's a good personality type to have or to learn to have. And so from this scripture, we draw four values. And we've spoken about this already, so I'm not re-preaching. I just wanted to point it out as we go past. Our church values participation over passivity or perfection. We want to do things excellent in our church, but I'd rather involve somebody than critique somebody. I'd rather somebody have a go because if they have a go, they can get better at the go they're having. You can't get better at something you don't do. Because how many people know that practice makes, no, practice makes permanent. Practice and coaching makes perfect, right? So you've got to have some critiquing, some encouragement. This is how you can do that better. And so we want to position ourselves. Here's these values. There are four of them on the screen right now. Our church values participation. It values a can-do attitude. I can do it. I can do it even if I do it scared, I can do it. But I can do it. I value serving other people because God gave me a gift, not for myself, but so that I might serve other people. And our church values wise stewardship of our time, our talent, treasure, our resources, our energy. Then we spoke about um, the person who's got no vision. Where there's no vision, they cast off restraint, they live crazy lives, they perish, they run amok, they dwell carelessly, they give up. They live without a progressive vision. We spoke about these five things that vision brings into our life. And those five things are passion, motivation, direction, 
purpose, focus, and clarity. That was three weeks ago. Then last week we spoke about how that vision is the answer. And we see that God spoke to Habakkuk and said, I've got an answer for you. And the answer is, get a vision. Write the vision down and make it clear. And we spoke about all these things. Before you write anything, you need to see something. Before you, um, can, be, before you can begin to take a note of what the future is going to look like, you've got to have an impression in your heart, and in your spirit. God wants to speak to you, give you dreams and visions about what tomorrow could be. So you move towards something positive. Everyone ends up somewhere. We might as well end up somewhere closer to where we want to be than just anywhere. Can I get a witness here today? So we said our outlook is determined by what we look out from. And uh, we need to write it plain and simple. We need to write it um, and be thoughtful and thorough. We need to write it and it will take effort. We need to write what will affect other people because our lives are not in isolation. We're in community. We're in family. Hello? Even in a workplace, we're influencing other people. They're influencing us. When we go shopping, we're influencing other people. They're influencing us. We pray for our fuel. Guess what? You can make somebody's day or you can really tick them off. Let's be the kind of people who make other people's days. Let's lift burdens and expand horizons for other people. And then finally, we've got to ask ourselves, is what I'm writing and what I'm running for, is it releasing and producing energy? Make no small plans for they have not the power to move the hearts of men have a big dream live a big life dare to go beyond what your parents thought were possible i remember an amazing story of a young lady who came to our bible college in surface paradise and she said pastor david i want to do bible school but i'm not a very good student in fact i i've only finished grade 10 and i said jackie i reckon you could do it i reckon you could do it have a go. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Well, she signed up for our Bible school. Then her dad came to see me. And he said, what are you wasting my daughter's money for? She's a dropout and an idiot. She'll never succeed. You are just stealing money off my daughter. And I said, if your daughter doesn't pass, we'll pay her way fully ourselves personally. Now put that in your pipe and smoke it. In Jesus' name. Have a good day. Call those almost saved young men. Help this guy to his car. Jackie didn't just finish Bible school with a pass. She went on to do university and became a school teacher. So you might as well dream. And you might as well dream big dreams. Something's going to live beyond you. What are you doing today that's going to last for eternity? It's a great question to ask yourself. Somebody, I think, in the third row just got excited, got a little quiver in their heart. But we're going to turn, this is week four, so we're going to turn our attention to this topic about strategy today. We're going to ask this question, how do we turn vision into action? What we're talking about today is how do we turn vision into action? That's strategy, a strategic plan. Now, now these, are the, these are the things that we're going to talk about, but just let me go through and give a few explanations. We talk about vision in the context of a Christian community, Christian church. We're talking about where are we going, what do we want to look like as a community of believers? And who are we becoming? You know, we are the head and we are not the tail. We are above only and we are not beneath. We have the capacity to lend to many nations and have no need to borrow. You say, but David, that's not who I am right now. But you need to see yourself as the head and not the tail. Bad stuff happens back there. 
You are the head. And you are not the, I'll be the head or the tail. You know, it's flick a coin, it's one or the other. No, begin to take God's word into your mouth and into your heart and align your thinking. Because as you think in your heart, that's the person you are, right? So what's happening inside here? Vision is really important because without a vision, you dwell aimlessly. You waste your life. You just frit it away. And then five years has gone. They look around and go, where did that time go? Number two, when we talk about mission in the context of church or Christian community, we're talking about this. What are our goals? What's our assignment? And what's our priority? I'll tell you what our priorities are. Children, that's our priority. Youth, that's our priority. Families, that's our priority. Souls, that's our priority. The presence of God. Someone's going to get excited here in a minute. The presence of God, that's our priority. We've already talked about our goals in the last few weeks. You Go back and watch the broadcast. You can jump on our, on our YouTube channel and check it out and get all the goals, write it down and pray over it and go, God, help us to move towards where he wants us to be. I've got very little time or patience, Wayne, for people who just go, it's just Atherton. It's just Atherton. A very little time, very little patience for that. You, a snowflake in hell has got more chance of impressing me than a person who thinks like that. Because Jesus gave up everything that he had for this community. And if I don't live my life under the reflection and refraction of that truth, I'm wasting the most precious gift that God has given to me. Yeah? And so don't you dare think, well, I'm from a single family. I, I couldn't amount to much. Well, I'm just an immigrant. I couldn't amount to much. Well, I, I, I've gone through, I've, I've had handicaps in my life physically. I, I, I couldn't amount to much. Every, every excuse that we've got is answered in the Scripture. Every single one of them. And God shows how people in your condition can prosper. That's why we take the Word of God to heart. Because it speaks to our everyday life and living. And Celine, I promised I'd stay calm. And so I'm just going to take a breath. And I'm going to stay calm. One day I'll get... Joel, one day I'll break loose and start preaching. But for now, I'm just, I'm just going to stay calm. I'm just gonna, number three, what's our strategy? What's our strategy? In the context of Christian community, what do we mean? And so these would be three good things for you to write down about your life, your finance, your health, your marriage, your children, your future, your dreams, the aspirations that are there in your heart that God has placed there. So what is strategy? What is strategic thinking all about? Well, what's that simple language? What's our game plan? What are we going to do? What are our action steps? I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Then I'm going to do the other thing, right? This will get me to here and then that will get me to there. And then, wow, I look around and I'm not where I was. Well, just, hey, here's a great start for the day. Get up, make your bed. That's a good action plan. That's a good strategy. Go out, to the, uh, go out to the kitchen and make breakfast for yourself. Have a shower. Brush your teeth. Just a thought. That's a good start to the day. Take a moment with the master. Hear what heaven has to say about your future. Hear what heaven has to say about where you are right now. Take on the courage of God to face whatever's in front of you. Because greater is he that is in you than whatever's in your world. Come on, three of you are excited about that. But how about the rest of you just take that truth and build it into your heart? How are we going to achieve our goals? What are we going to need to do? Would someone write this down? How will I need to change? I'm going to say it again slowly 
and in English so we all catch it. What do I need to do to change in order to move from where I am? Oh God, I want everything to change, but not me. Change all my circumstances, change all those people around me, but, but just leave me the way that I am. Could it be, I was thinking while you were preaching this morning, sweet out around communion, could it be that we are right where we are right now? I'm talking to somebody. You are right where you are supposed to be in the confinement that you feel right now. The restriction that you feel right now is not the persecution of God. It is not the anger of God. It is not the disapproval of God. It is the proving ground. We would want to rescue Daniel out of the lion's den, but God says, no, let him stay in. Let him find and prove the reality of my power in the midst of all that life throws at us. We want to go put the fire out, leave those three Hebrew boys alone. And God says, no, 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 wait and watch and see what happens when they get into a difficult situation. You are where you need to be. Stop praying for things to get better. Start praying you'd get better. I'm going to go and sit down, Eddie. I'm going to go and sit down. <laughs> He's cheeky, hey, Hazel. He's cheeky. I like that. I like that. I'm going somewhere with this message. I'm going somewhere with this message. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going somewhere with this message. Strategy. You ready? All right, six steps, six really practical things. This is a very dad message because they're the kind of messages I like to preach. If we were sort of, you know, in the garage, bonnets up, we're just fiddling around with the car and I just see, here's just a few thoughts. How you can practically turn the idea, the big idea that you've got into something that's real, something that's tangible, something that happens, something that's not just talked about, oh, I'm gonna, oh, one day. No, let's find out how we take that big idea that God's got and break it down into small manageable steps is that all right so for the next i don't know a few minutes how long have i got sweetheart <laughs> jonathan says 45 minutes here we go six things i've got two minutes to speak on each thing number one i just love this scripture in uh, in 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 jeremiah chapter 29 i, I paraphrase jeremiah 29 you know what i did um, I actually went through, Corey, and I looked at every English translation of Jeremiah 29, 11, And I paraphrased it and I wrote it out. And I'm not doing any violence to the text, okay? I'm not, I'm not in any way abusing the text, but I want you to look at what I've, I've reduced it down to. And I love this. I took words from this translation, words from that translation, because there's just bigness and fullness in God's word, yeah? I've thought this through, says the eternal one. I love that. I love that. There's something pretty permanent about our God, hey? He's not here on a temporary assignment, our God. He's the rock, right? He's the rock. He's dependable. He's eternal. I've thought this through. You know that you are not a whimsical idea for God. You are not a fleeting fantasy. You didn't just kind of drift through like in a haze. Go, oh, there was an idea. There was a fleeting thought. There was a fantasy. No, God says, I've thought this through. Yeah? I've got a hope-filled plan for your future. It might look dark where you are right now. It might look difficult. It might look hopeless from where you're sitting. That's why God wants to lift you up so you can sit in heavenly places with Him. So you begin to see yourself in that position of ruling and reigning. Where am I right now? I'm not down in the crud of life. I'm actually raised up, spiritually speaking, to sit 
in authority in heavenly places and I transact heavenly business. I think I've gone a little bit deep for some of you. Let's just go back under the bonnet, shall we? Just, just talk about that motor car for a minute. It's glorious. It's peaceful. There's some homes that need that word. There's some marriages that need that word. There's some minds that need that word. Oh, I love God's word. It just speaks to us about where we are right now. Calm down. Just tell your soul right now, calm down. God's got this and he's got you. God's bigger than your problem. After your problem has passed, God will still be there. Z, remember a few years ago you were worried about something? Are you still worried about it today? Not likely. It's probably past. It's probably finished. It's behind us, right? We overcame and we got across where that problem was, right? We got to where that victory point was in our life. Just let God's peace settle in your heart today. So people turn up here and you're worried about your business. Some other people here today, you're worried about your children. Just stand in silence and watch the power of God. Stop talking about your problems. Start speaking to your problems from the position that God sees you in, a position of authority. Yeah? And God declares over your life prosperity. I know that for some Christians, that word is a bit of a contention. You're upset that it's in the Bible. It's like someone said to me, are you one of those health and wealth preachers? I said, oh, no, 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 don't misunderstand me. I'm for sickness and poverty, I said. Maybe it's time to read the whole counsel of God. To read the whole counsel of God. This is God's heart for his church. Just, just, for those of you that are theological and actually spiritual deep, you know, George, I'm talking to you. You know, you know, right, that in hermeneutics, in biblical interpretation, you look at the first mention and the last mention. And that will give you a clear idea of what God thinks about an issue, yeah? So in the beginning, we see God putting man in an absolute trash pile called the Garden of Eden. It's a horrible place. Notice the sarcasm, dearest. And then in the book of Revelation, we notice that it's a slum. It's a tragic wreck of a place. Apocalypse. You wouldn't want to go there. Is that how you see God working? And so God wants to restore Eden in your circumstance. He wants you to be the tender of a garden. That garden is your soul. So other stuff's blowing around, but you're at peace in the midst of all that's going on because you're clothed in the armor of God. Oh, only two minutes on each point. I've got to keep going. Number one, here it is, six points. Thanks, Katie, for keeping me on track. Number one, very simple. We're under the bonnet of the car, John. We're just talking about some motor mechanic things. Number one, you've got to determine where it is that you want to go. Let's go to the next slide, please, honey. Determine where you want to go. That's simple. Just make a decision. Okay? In a year from now, in six months from now, 12 months from now, two years from now, three years from now, five years from now, this is where I want to be. Just make a decision. Well, Pastor, what if it's wrong? You'll just be like the rest of us. Had to go. And you took a step and you went, well, actually, I needed to go that way. But praise God, you're at least half closer than where you were. At least you stepped out. It's harder to steer a parked truck than it is a moving truck. Don't ask me how I know about that. But there's so many Christians going, 
When God downloads the plan, then I'll get moving. Uh, number one, determine where you want to go. Well, how do I do that? Well, think about the trajectory God's had you on. Think about the uniqueness of who you are. Seek counsel and advice and perspective from other people. Hey, what strengths and talents do you see in me? Now, now Celine paid me a beautiful compliment the other night. She said, Pastor, why don't you sing more? You've got a lovely voice. I thought, isn't that nice? I think that's lovely. You know? It's so good. So good. But I promise you, no one's bought any of my records. I've made dozens of them, but no one, Renee, no one's bought my records yet. I mean, you go on Apple Playlist and I'm not on the top of the charts, Ben. I'm not there. Right? I, apparently, I got gifts and talents like lawn mowing. I'm pretty good at that. Determine where you want to go. Look what it says in Proverbs 24. Write this down. If you're not taking anything else down, write the scripture down. It says, strategic planning is key to warfare. To win, someone say to win. Just touch your neighbor and say, you look like a winner to me. Come on. Help me preach this message. Touch somebody. Say, you look like a winner to me. Right? To win, you need a lot of good counsel. You need a lot of good counsel. It's amazing the places we take counsel from that we shouldn't take counsel from. I'm going, to, I'm going to say it, Jonathan. Are you ready? I'm going to say it. I've, 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 been, I've been prepping myself ready. Okay, get ready. Get ready. Here it is. Stop taking counsel from Facebook. <laughs> oh, Pastor, you're obviously looking at the wrong site. Because so, for me, it's just it's Bishop Jake. It's uh, Greg Rochelle. It's uh, you know, uh, all, these, all these amazing preachers. I'm just like, where you take counsel from, never take counsel from your fear. Don't take counsel from a negative person. Don't take advice about gems from bricklayers. Now, if all those bricklayers are out there, top blokes. But unless you've had experience with gems, we probably together, both of us, would probably mistake a piece of glass for the real thing. Right? Get a lot of good counsel. You know where the best counsel comes from? <laughs> Celine, 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 yeah, there's a time in your life where if you've got good and godly parents, and, and I still have them, uh, and I'm so grateful for that, take advice from good, faithful men and faithful women that love Jesus, are living a life that's got purpose and meaning and joy, and they're going somewhere, they're doing something eternal, listen to them, yeah? But look at the counsel we've got. There's 400 character studies in this book of what will and won't work. People think this Bible is a book about what you can and can't do. But I'm telling you, it's more about a book about what will work and what won't work. Well, Moses had two wives. Yeah, look how that went. Well, well Bathsheba, you know, David, you know the story, right? Yeah, look how that turned out. These things are written for our admonition, for our instruction, for our encouragement, right? Number two. Number two, determine how fast you want to get there. Oh, wow, I want to get there like yesterday, David. Come on. You know, like, heck, I can't wait. <laughs> the trouble is, the trouble is, there's some verse in the Bible about hasty plans. Hastiness leads to something. It's not good. It's not good. Yeah, let's go on. Number three. But we can write this down, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Thank you, Colin Campbell. Is it Colin? Colin Buchanan, Colin Buchanan, trust in the Lord with Colin Buchanan. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge 
Lord, and he will make your path straight. If you, if you want to get there fast, uh, give up on your own idea and your own agenda and actually get on God's time track. Yeah, get on God's time track. Number three, assess the resources that you've got. I mean, now when our children finished school, one of them said to us, they said, I think we might just spend a couple of years traveling the world. And I said, well, that sounds lovely. Well, that's fantastic. Go and get your bank statement. Let me have a look. You might want to do whatever it is, but you've got to have a look at what your resources are because if you don't have the resources, you can't get to where you want to go. So check what resources you've got. Now, the church has got an incredible resource. you know what it is? Well, there's lots of answers to that question, Pastor. I'm not so foolish as to open my mouth right now. It's true, people are our great resource, but so is Holy Spirit. He's a great counsellor. He's the great empowerer. He's the one that will never leave you or forsake you. He's the God on earth for us right now, part of the Trinity, right? He's the one that comes to dwell within you, yeah? But look what it says here in Luke chapter 14. Number three, assess the resources that you have at your disposal. Trouble is we go, oh, look at my banking and I don't have it. Yeah, but... Your net worth is actually your network. I might say that again. Your network is actually your net worth. Who could you call up tomorrow and get five grand from? <laughs> I'm taking my number out of the phone book. That's it. Your network. Is, you know the biggest bank in Australia right now is not the Commonwealth Bank. It's the bank of mum and dad. Ouch. Ouch. Your network is your net worth. George, could you take me to lunch today? I reckon I've got an idea I'd like to talk to you about. Now, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'd rather go to lunch with their family because they're just beautiful, wonderful people. And I love Sri Lankan curries. <laughs> Number four. Oh, look at the scripture here in Luke, and I'm finishing on time. I'm finishing on time. Assess the resource at your disposal. Which of you intend to build a tower? This is Luke chapter 14, verse 28 and 29. It says, sit down first and assess what you've got, the resources that you need. Have you got enough, not just to start, but have you got what it takes to finish? You know, some of us are great at starting something. How many people know that the crown doesn't go to the people who start the race? It's to the people who finish the race. That's why the master at the pearly gate is going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come into my joy. Come into my joy. Number four, allocate sufficient resources to meet your milestone markers. So break it down into, into bite-sized pieces. How do you eat a whale? Every primary school age student said. Number five, allow time. Oh, David, can't I get my vision now? No, it takes time. There is seed Time and then harvest, right? Seed, time, and then harvest, yeah? So don't be impatient. Don't try and do a destiny grab. I'm going to take it now. Lot, uh, that's going to take me over time. We'll come back and talk about Lot another time. Is that all right? Let's finish this message here. The plans, someone say the plans. The plans of the diligent. There's the mind, right? There's the thinking. There's the strategy, and here's the action. The diligence, right? The doing, yeah? The turning up every day at the quarry you call a marriage. 
and doing the work. Doing the work. Doing what needs to be done to build something that's magnificent. Turn up to the job site every day. Be faithful. I, I can't understand why Christians would call themselves Christians and not be at their church every Sunday. I can't understand that. Get onto the job site where construction is happening. Got quiet here, Wendy. Got quiet here. The plans of the diligence surely lead to, everyone still love me? Plans of the diligence surely lead to advantage and abundance. Yeah? But everyone who acts in haste. Sarah, you ought to be pregnant by now. Why aren't you pregnant, Sarah? How do I get this? How do I get a son into my family? And you know what? We see it over and over and over again, right? Doing what we seems good to us. And what do we get? We get something that's going to threaten the future. Number six. Number six. Find a way to win. Find a way to win. A couple of Aussies were talking to each other. And one guy says, the other guy says, you know that Tour de France thing? He says, yeah, I've heard about it. He says, I can't understand why all those guys get out there on their push bikes and they spend so much energy racing around the hills of France. Why do they do that? Like, surely they've got something better to do. And the other Aussie says to him, he says, mate, don't you realize the guy that wins that prize gains notoriety and incredible wealth? He said, oh, no, no, I understand why he does it. I just don't get why everyone else does it. (laughs) That is intended to be a joke to point you towards a truth. We're all in a race and God wants us to win. I'm not running your race and you are running no one else's race. But why don't you run your race with joy and diligence? In 1 Corinthians, Paul writes to us and he says, well, he wrote, wrote to them, but I'm taking it. Next slide, honey, if you would, please. He tells us, and I think it's there. No, it's not. I've got it on my notes here. He says, don't you know that only one person gets a crown for being in the race, even though many people are running it? You must run in such a way that you will win the crown. You run to win. I tell you what, I want to see people in our church become successful. Get what God wants them to have in their life, in their marriage, in their health, in their finance, in their families. I want that for us. I'm giving my heart and soul because I believe with all of my heart that God wants to raise up a magnificent church full of victorious, glorious, overcoming people. And it comes about as we faithfully obey Him. And that's what we call discipleship. And if you keep turning up next week and the week after that, Katie... I'm going to teach you how to be a disciple of Jesus Christ because that's what God's big idea is, to make us into his apprentice, to make us his disciples. So come back next Sunday and I'll share with you about becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. Is that okay? Our worship team are coming back. Our service is closing. Uh, Our parents will go out in a moment and collect their children and sign their children. But before we do that, just as our worship team's coming, as is becoming our custom here at Destiny, I'd love you to have a look at your notes this morning and go, God, out of those six things that David was speaking about, which one of those things do I really need to take up? Which one is for me today? Which one do I need to really pay close attention to today? Those six thoughts. 
If we could go back to that slide that just lists the six items we spoke about today, that turning vision into action. If we could go back to that slide. Which one of those six things? Yeah, that's it. That's, that's the one for me. I, I came here today. That's my take home today. I've got to work on that one. I've got to work on that one. Allow time and resources for setbacks. Who's ever experienced a setback? J.R. Tolkien said, It makes no sense to plan for dragons. Unless, of course, you live next to a dragon. Well, I don't know about you, <laughs> Joel. I'm being really serious. Holy Spirit was about to move just then, and then you went and laughed. Come back, Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, there is a dragon, and he wants to destroy everything that the Master is building. He wants to kill steal and destroy but Jesus wants to bring life in its beauty in its abundance maybe you're here today maybe you're listening to this broadcast and you've never said yes to Jesus Christ you've never taken on the assignment of being a disciple being an obedient follower of Jesus you've never been water baptized you know pressed into the things that God wants to give you and lead you to next Sunday water baptism party is here the door is open for obedience but if you just close your eyes for a moment, just bow your heart, lift your head and your thoughts up to heaven. If you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus Christ, you've never crossed that line, you're still in charge of your life. You've never let God take control. But you're saying today, I know that I need to do that. I'd love you to raise your hand. I'd love to pray with you. Yeah, good on you. Thank you. I see that hand. Is there another? Somebody else this morning said, David, just pray for me. I see that hand. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let's all pray that prayer of dedication together. Can we do that, church? Let's stand to our feet in the Father's house. Let's just pray a prayer of dedication. Maybe you are watching this or listening to this broadcast, and today's the day you're making a decision of commitment to Jesus Christ. Just pray this prayer with me. Dear Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus, your Son. And I recognize I cannot be in control of my own life. I need you. I invite you to come into my life. To lead me and guide me. To cleanse me from sin. Fill me with hope. Fill me with your purpose. And fill me with your kingdom. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 If you prayed that prayer and you've never done it before or if you'd like to get prayer or counseling or help, please just contact us through our website. Dial one of our phone numbers. Father, now as we close this service and as we go out for coffee and some fellowship and some tea and some water together, I just ask that the peace and the, just the fragrance, just the presence of Jesus would be upon us, Lord. Just the essence of Jesus. Lord, that you lift up your countenance upon us. And declare peace. We walk out of this venue today knowing in our heart the Father is fond of us. That He delights greatly in us. That He doesn't hold our sin against us. But He urges us on to victory, to triumph and to glory. So Father, close your church with authority and anointing today in a fresh and beautiful and wonderful way. 
And so I say to you, Destiny, today in the name of Jesus, go out of this room and be the church that Athens needs you to be. Go in God's peace and go in God's love.